It's Topics, the podcast in which two comedians discuss serious topics in a serious way. But if something funny happens, that's okay too. I'm Michael Ian Black, joined as always by Michael Showalter. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. It's good to be here. Great to hear your voice again. Um, as you know, Topics is always a highlight for me during the week. I enjoy recording it. I enjoy spending this half hour or so with you. Um, I feel uh, exactly the same way. It's always a really fun half hour. Um, before we get to today's topic, I want to very quickly just go over the rules. Uh, and of course, regular listeners know that the only rule is there are no rules. And I don't mean that to be um, a flip, but sometimes we uh, we go off on kind of conversational detours and sometimes we end up uh, spinning in circles a little bit conversationally and all of that is fine because it's all in the service of something greater than ourselves which is accessing and seeking the truth. Now, sometimes uh, funny things happen and, you know, uh, there's a a misconception out there that because we're comedians, we're always trying to be funny. And while that's an important part of who we are, it is not the entirety of who we are. So if something funny happens, that's fine. We try not to censor ourselves or edit ourselves. Um, but that's certainly not the point. Anything to add to that, Michael? No, I, I think you said it all. Um, do want to, uh, talk a little bit about the we have a we have a big show today but we do want to talk a little bit about the goal of the show is um we've got a really juicy topic that we're going to be talking about today and Mike and I um with our special guest are going to try to um cover 80% of that topic with the time that we have um and then we ask you the listeners to cover the other 20% on your own hopefully in groups and uh a study group Topic study groups, which, um, as we've been saying in all the last couple shows, is really taking off and it seems to be um, taking on a life of its own, which we're just really excited about. Um, it, there's a, a way to say, stay kind of abreast of what's going on in the study group community, and that's to join at Topics Community on Twitter. Uh, I don't even know who's maintaining that account, but I found it to be very informative and I would encourage any listeners who are interested in study groups and the topics community to join. Um, I heard that there's actually a um, – they're doing a practicum at Wesleyan University now. Um, it's a it's a bunch of undergrads that have a study group that they're doing in one of the student lounges. And they're actually holding practicums now once a week just in preparation for the study groups. Now for – I obviously know what a practicum is. But for the listeners who don't know what a practicum is, why don't you just very quickly say what, what that is? Um, a practicum – well, you want to know the definition of a practicum? Like just yeah, – it's it's Yeah, I mean I know what it is but I'm saying for the listeners who don't. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a course of study. So it's like a, yeah, it's a course of study basically. Um, it involves actually working yes. in that area yeah. of study. So, right. so for example um, – the jazz practicum, which that they, which which I know is with the first one that they did, is they actually learned to play an instrument, or they they had someone from the music uh, 
from the music department come over and teach them a little bit about how to play a clarinet. That's right. And that, so that that was a that is in of a practicum rather than just talking about jazz. They actually you know learned to play the instrument. Yes, and and uh, in the in in the case of the jazz practicum, that would also involve the use of polyrhythms and syncopation. Exactly. Um, and I know that I know that it went really well. I know that they took a like a fifteen minute break in the middle of it, and they had some cookies and some coffee, and they really enjoyed it a lot. Do you know and which time signatures they were using? I'm pretty sure it was four or five, but I'd have I'd have to double check. Oh, four or five is a very unusual time signature. So that's 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 that is very practical of them. You to know do what? That. I'm going to double check that right now because uh, okay. I know that they sent me um, an email. Hmm. Let me just see. Um, I, you know what? I will get back to you on that. Okay. That, uh, it is something that I want to follow up on because I know there's going to be a lot of study groups out there who are interested in starting their own practicums and they're going to want to know the time signature. Hey, so, Denise, hey, Denise, can you just find the, uh, the Gmail from uh, Wesleyan? Thanks. So, okay. What were we saying? Uh, just that there's a lot of study groups out there who are going to want to – start a jazz practicum and they're definitely going to want to know the time signature. So if Denise can get that for you, that would be great. In the meantime, uh, let's just delve right into today's topic. And it's one that I'm particularly excited about because it certainly involves my relationship with you, um, but it also involves my relationship with our special guest. And I know your relationship with our special guest one of the things that has been so exciting to me about the study groups and now the practicums is that in addition to furthering lines of inquiry, they're, all the, they're also furthering and creating friendships. And friendship is today's topic. Friendship to me, Michael, is as sustaining as food. Well, the, the great Stoic philosopher Seneca said that while in a lifetime we have many acquaintances, we are lucky to have one true friend. So why don't we welcome in our guest today, who I would not consider – uh, a, a, a true friend in the sense that I think Seneca means, um, but he's certainly more than an acquaintance. 
um, but less than what I think Seneca was implying. He's the terrific comedian and actor and uh, topics listener, which is a delight to me, Steve Agee. Hi, Steve. Hi, Mike Black. Hi, Mike Showalter. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on this, uh, the show, Steve. Uh, thanks. I'm, I, I can't believe I'm doing it. I, I, I was honored that you would ask. Well, we asked um, as a token of friendship, I think more than anything else, Steve, and that really cuts to the quick of today's topic. So I, I just want to get our, our beaks wet in this juiciest of topics. Steve, yep. we've heard Seneca's definition. What's yours? How would you define friendship? Um, I, I would, uh, I, it's hard for me to define as much as feel, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to put into words other than, uh, well, try. I think you should try because, it, because this is a, this is a topic, this is a podcast, pardon me, that, that really does focus on words because it's, it, like- it's, it's the, it's the best tool we have to express ourselves in this medium. So why don't you go ahead and define friendship for us? Yeah, I, I guess I would. Uh, my definition would just be a, a mutual sharing of uh, likes and interests and um, a, a affection, for lack of a better word. Mm. Mm. That's so interesting. A bond. Mm-hmm. Do you believe, Steve? Do you believe that um, friendships can be platonic, or do you think that ultimately, for a when there's a friendship, there always needs to be attraction involved. Are you, are you talking about opposite sex friendships? Um, or in general? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess a, a platonic would have to be between uh, friends of opposite sex. Why is that? What do you mean by that? Um, well, unless, unless the, the two friends were homosexual mm. or... Mm-hmm. And that's something you have a problem with? No, I, I don't. I, I, I'm, I have a lot of platonic friendships. No, I think what Michael was saying is, do you, do you have a problem with the idea of uh, same-gender attraction? Uh, oh, no, not at all. Hmm. Not, I, I, I support the LGBT community. I do, too. I think it's so important that we express that support. And I would just like to pause this conversation for a moment to say that I also support the LGBT community and to say how brave they are. Michael? Um, Yes. I actually just want to just quickly piggyback onto what both of you guys are saying and just say, you know, I am so supportive of the LGBT community and all of the, um, the work that, that they're doing, and I'm really supportive of it. It doesn't mean, for me personally, it doesn't mean I condone everything that they do um, sexually. I don't think that's even relevant. What's relevant is that I respect and support their right to be who they are as long as they sort of keep it in their backyard. You know, just you be LGBT all you want, just not in my face. Um, but I definitely support everything about them, and I support the movement, and I support um, everything that they're doing. So do you have uh, any LGBT friends? That's a great question because it really circles back to the topic at hand. Um, yes, I do. Um, some of my best friends are LGBT. 
Um, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say one of them is more G than L or one is more T than B. To me, right. if you're LGBT, I lump you all in the same category. So I don't even see those distinctions. That's how, that's how open-minded I am. If you're just, L, I see as friend. No, what I'm saying is if you're an L, I mm. see you as LGBT. I don't oh, I don't need to break you up into I don't need to subdivide you. Do you know what I mean? Right, they fall under that umbrella. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. But I but I care about them all very much. Um Steve, who would you say is your closest friend and talk a little bit about that relationship? Uh, I would, I would say my, uh, my best friend, my, uh, best friend is someone who I've known since I was 14. His name is Sam. And, uh, we, we went to school together and I met him in junior high and, um, where, where was that? What, what, where, whereabouts did you, uh, go to school? Uh, here in Southern California in Riverside. No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. And what, what, what was this a high school or. It was a junior high school, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we we've been best friends since since. Well, I mean, we weren't best friends in junior high, but we became best friends, and I was roommates with him for a while when I moved to Los Angeles. Mm. And it's so interest, so interesting. What was the initial attraction with Sam? What what brought you two guys together? And there's that word again, attraction and bonding and all of the this delicate interplay of uh, psychological nuance that occurs between people. And I will I will go so far as to say is there does have to be an attraction in friendship. It doesn't have to be a physical attraction, but there's right. something about the spirit, something about the essence of that other person that draws us to them and makes us want to enter the orbit of their psyche. What was it about Sam um, that drew that, you in? That's a great question. I think for, for us – it's the way a lot of uh, you know teenage friendships start, and uh, that's with similar interests. I think for us, it was music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were into the same types of music. What what kind of music? Like Def Leppard, um, Scorpions. Mm-hmm. Really? This was the eighties, right? You know? And you, and so so you were into glam metal. So it was, your, was, it was your interest in shitty music that brought you two together. And I, and I don't mean to be – I'm sorry if I'm being – if I sound pejorative there. That's not my intention. But, but it is shitty music. But Continue. But now, but Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. So that really was the kind of music that you liked. You liked the glam metal movement. Uh, among others, I, I would say in, in the 80s, my favorite band was Oingo Boingo, which isn't uh, huh. a metal and now I think Michael Michael Ian Black, you may also have liked Oingo Boingo. Am I am I right about that? Um, let me say this on the subject of Oingo Boingo because you you because you are my friend Michael, and because you do know me so well, you were able to pick up on that cue about my personality that would indicate to you that I liked Oingo Boingo as well. Here's the interesting thing. Although I did enjoy uh, what might be described as new wave or post-punk music, I never mm-hmm. listened to Oingo Boingo. And I'm sure and, we're going to get a lot of emails about that. 
So. Well, so Steve, you grew up uh, on the West Coast, correct? In the eighties, correct. And um, you and Sam were attracted to each other because of your shared love of a certain kind of music. And Michael Black and I um, grew up on the East Coast, w- just a stone's throw away from each other. Yeah. Um, not realizing uh, that the other was there because Michael grew up in one small town in New Jersey and I grew up in another small town in New Jersey. Um, Michael was listening to New Wave and post-punk and was in sort of a skater uh, a group of, of young mm-hmm. right. uh, young uh, skateboarding kids. Right. And I was a preppy. <laughs> wow, that, that, that's a, an unlikely friendship in the making. Well, and we, didn't, we weren't friends. Well, we didn't know each other. Right. What, what made you guys, uh, what attracted the two of you to each other eventually? Um, this, is, this is maybe not going to surprise some people. Maybe it will. But I think it was a shared love of comedy because we were in a sketch comedy group together. Um, and it was through the bonds of work and mm. shared sacrifice and performance that brought us together. And that's another common way for friendships to begin. Michael, would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, we, 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 we talk of, of all these different ways in which um, friendships are able to evolve, whether it's through music, is it through work? Is it through, is it through a a shared interest? We've, we've talked of a hobby. Is it woodworking? Is it, um, the collecting of stamps or some other, um, pursuit? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's prison. A lot of, um, a lot of friends become friends in prison. These are, these, these would be, uh, convicts and ex-convicts who, who form these very tight, Friendships, I think, is probably very similar to serving in the military. Now, Steve, That's right. you served I, in a proto-military. I was actually, speaking of which, uh, friends, uh, pen pals with a prisoner when I was uh, young. Hmm. Hmm. Which prisoner was that, and how did that friendship come about? Uh, I, his name was Mike, and my parents just thought it would be good if I was pen pals with somebody because I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid. Hmm. So they thought... You know, Steve's a lonely kid. Let's get him in touch with a prisoner. Yeah, and they thought it would be good, you know, uh, educationally for me to just keep practicing writing and uh, And it would be good for my grammar and my schoolwork if I was. And what was Mike serving time for? Uh, I think Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where is Mike today? Are you guys still friends? Do you keep in touch? No, this never went past more than probably five or six letters. Um, so I, I often, I often wonder where where Mike is today. Well, and, Mike, and, if you're a regular topics listener, um, where would he where, where would he have been serving, Steve? Do you recall the, which prison? Uh, Pelican Bay. Yes, Pelican Bay. So if you were, if your name is Mike and you were serving in Pelican Bay in the mid nineteen or late nineteen eighties, and you had a pen pal named Steve, uh, and you're a listener to topics. Steve would like to get in touch with you and you can contact us through our Gmail account and we'll put you in touch with Steve. 
That's I, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd like to be in touch. I, well, you I did say you, you, you did say people. that you'd like to know what he's up to. So that's we, that's topicspodcast at gmail dot com, and and uh, we can give you all of Steve's contact info if you get in well, touch with us, and we'll, uh, we'll put you guys, guys up. Yeah. put put you guys back in touch. Um, but that's interesting that there was that an attraction was able that you were able to grow an attraction for each other through just the written word. Another another very interesting uh, and and I think very celebrated form of friendship is the friendship that exists between a man and a dog. Yes. And we say we we obviously there's the very famous um quote about that. Um that Mike, I know you have a dog. Maybe you can say what the famous quote is about that. Yes. Uh, uh th- it's it's almost a it's it's almost a a, a, a cliche at this point, right? Um, but it but it goes like this: um, a dog is man's best friend. Best Steve, friend. do you do you own a dog or a cat or any form of pet? I don't have a pet. I, I live in an apartment. I, I I would love to have a dog, but I feel. Uh, I would feel guilty having a dog in a very small apartment mm-hmm. without a yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a snake for a while that my roommate gave me. And did you feel a bond with the snake? Not, not at all. Right. It just uh, my roommate got me a snake for Christmas because he wanted a snake, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to take care of it, so he got me a snake. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I want to go back for a second, and I do want to talk about um, pets because I do think that's an important uh, sometimes overlooked friendship but I also want to touch on the epistolary friendship and for um, for for our listeners who maybe don't know what the word epistolary means Steve why don't you just quickly define that for the listeners and then we can Mike and then I'd love for you to just continue with what you were saying mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think epistolary is, uh, is just a document, right? Um, well, yes, you're very, you, that, yes. I mean, that's a, that's a similar, like a diary, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's an incomplete definition, but, um, but, uh, well, I mean my, my just off the top of my head, just my sort of like thrown away definition of it would be epistolary is an adjective that means relating to or denoting the writing of letters or literary works in the form of letters. Yeah, that, that's just a and, that's, and that's, that's a much not, closer definition, I think. Yeah, and that's just something that I just you know thought. Of. I can't say that that's word for word what it would be, but it's something like that. Right. Um, I meant the kind of letter writing relationship that you had with your um, prisoner boyfriend. Uh, I don't mean boyfriend. I mean friend who's a boy. Um, Mike, and I'm interested in that kind of nonverbal friendship, even though, as you say, it was never fully consummated because the relationship did not last beyond the exchange of half a dozen letters or so. Right. Did you feel like you were able to unburden yourself more fully through the written word than maybe you would be if you'd been sitting uh, with Mike in his cell block? I think I absolutely. I, I actually think had I been face to face with Mike, it would have been terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there I, there's a, a freedom 
I feel with, with anybody I communicate with, uh, for some reason, um, writing, uh, is just easier for me because I can think about what I want to say before I say it. You know what I mean? Yes, I do very much. And I want to take this a step further. If I can, if I may, Michael, and I apologize for, for, uh, cutting you off at the pass, but did you ever try writing a letter to the snake? I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds like something that would be a waste of time, but I wonder if writing a letter to a snake or to, uh, even a concept such as freedom, if that might help you develop a kind of bond with the animal or the concept or another person and um, if if you hadn't done that, I'd love for you to kind of uh, uh, maybe write one off the top of your head right now for our listeners to sort of share with all of them how you felt about the snake and why you felt like you weren't connecting. Well, you'd like me to uh, form a letter off the top of my head to my snake that is no longer alive. Well, actually, actually, you know what? L- let me, let me, this, this is a topics first and I'm really excited about it. I think what I want to propose is Steve, why don't you, um, grab a pen and paper. Okay. And actually put some thought into it. Okay. Um, write the letter to the snake, Mike, why don't we take a little break yes. and, um, just do a quick shout out to the sponsor of today's show. And when we come back, we'll have Steve write the letter, uh, read out loud the letter that he wrote to his snake. Well, we've got a new sponsor supporting today's show, Harry's and Harry's is a great service because it's a, it's a retailer that provides guys with a great shaving experience for much less than what you would pay if you just went to the store. Now, it was started by a guy named Andy, who's one of the founders. And like everybody out there, he hated going to the drugstore and waiting for somebody to unlock the razor case and paying, you know, dollars and dollars and dollars for subpar products and brands that uh, that didn't even suit his needs. He wanted to conveniently provide men with high quality, stylish products. Now, I got a test kit from Harry's, and it was fantastic. It came with a razor, and it came with this great, uh, it wasn't a shaving cream, it was like a, it was like a soap, like a, like a, like a, like a butter almost. I had butter face, and it was fantastic, and it made me feel smooth and clean, and uh, my wife liked it, my girlfriend liked it, everybody liked it. Harry's offers a clean, sleek product design using high-quality blades engineered in their own factory, and it's half the price of competitors like Gillette. So go to harrys.com, use the promo code TOPICS for $5 off your first purchase. All right. You know that uh, we only talk about things on this show that we use. And so stamps.com is the premier place to get stamps that doesn't involve you going to a government agency. You get them at your favorite place of all. You get them at home. You know, you go to the post office, you're standing in line, you got to deal with people who work at the post office, um, you know, you're looking for, they don't have pens there, I'm always looking for a pen at the post office, I never have one. If you lease a postage meter at your own home, that's expensive, you, you have to commit for years, there's hidden fees, but here's the best way to do it, stamps.com, with stamps.com, you actually can print your own U.S. postage for any letter, any package. 
you know, right from wherever you are. Wherever your printer is, that's where your stamps come from. Uh, you, you get uh, special postage discounts that the post office doesn't have, and it's more powerful than a postage meter, and it's just a fraction of the cost. You want to talk about savings, all right? Listen to this. 80% compared to a postage meter, and you don't have to go to the post office. I use stamps.com for when I send out, you know, people are always asking me for autographed pictures. Um, probably six, 700 requests a day for autographed pictures. You think I'm going to go to the post office for all those stamps? No, I do it right from my home. So that's why I use it. And here's why you should use it. If my pitch to you wasn't enough, right now, if you use our promo code TOPICS, you get this special offer. First of all, you get a no-risk trial. The second thing is you get a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of free postage. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in topics, uh, and then that's how, you get, that's how you get the big savings, the $55 in free postage, the no-risk trial, all the other stuff. Stamps.com, enter topics. It will change your postage life. And we are back with topics. Today's topic, of course, is friendship. Our guest is Steve Agee. Before the break, Steve was writing a letter to a snake that he was unable to form a close friendship with. And Steve, I know you've been working on this for a while. Why don't you share with us what you have? Okay. Dear Houdini. <laughs> Dear Houdini. Now you're laughing because you feel uncomfortable doing this? I'm very, I'm very uncomfortable about this. And let me just clarify, the name of the snake was Houdini? Yep. Okay. So he was named – the snake was named after the great escape artist, Harry Houdini. Yes. My, my snake escaped a lot and it, it was problematic. I see. It would terrify my roommate. Okay. All right. Dear Houdini, I'm sorry I haven't been a better friend. Uh, I'm sorry our relationship has never formed beyond more than just roommates. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't handle you more often. And I'm sorry your cage was so small. I wish I could do it over again, maybe in another life. I miss you, Houdini. Goodbye. And then you didn't I, – I noticed you chose not to sign your name to that, which I think is very telling. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I probably would have just written an S. Uh-huh. That, it, that, it like a snake. I thought that was really um, – that's a great letter and, and, and I think sort of sad in a lot of ways. Very sad. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you, Michael, what surprised me about the letter – was that it took the form of an apologia, yes. uh, a kind of it was it was a rueful, almost remorseful uh, detailing of faults that Steve well, felt like were with him. Well, in many ways, it was an amend, wasn't it? I it mean, it really was, was a it was it was it an was. attempt. It was an attempt to yes um, to amend past harms mm-hmm. and to uh, as you just uh, very much as you said, it was an apologia. Yes, and I and I and I. It, it does bring to mind these, the, the, the phenomenon or, you know, the, the unfortunate phenomenon of the way in which friends can f- have a falling out yes. and the way in which close friends can 
can drift apart yes. in their own way and and there's there's um distance grows between them and then and then in order to bridge that gap sometimes an apologia is what's needed and right. not only um you know, we're we're now talking on the the kind of dark side of friendship, the flip side, the uncomfortable underbelly of this living organism that can be a friendship, and it isn't always um, holding hands and running through a field together. Sometimes these things can become difficult and fraught. Although I find that when one emerges through those troubled times, when one emerges with a friendship intact. Um, the friendship often is stronger that for having gone through those difficulties. Right. Steve, the, the letter itself that you wrote to Houdini, to me, um, spoke to a kind of deeper and more emotional relationship than I would have thought you had with the snake. I noticed a lot of genuine regret. Um, yeah, and that uh, sadly it wasn't something that developed until after Houdini died. Yes, yes. Which uh, explains the guilt in that letter. Hmm. So it was. It was almost. Um, it was a letter that you were writing posthumously, right? Um, saying the words that you'd never had a chance to say. Exactly. Steve, I want to ask you a question, okay. and this might be a difficult question for you to hear. My question is this. Who is Houdini? Who is Houdini for you? Uh, I th I, wow, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think looking back, Houdini represents my lost childhood. Oh, wow, really? that's wow, that's very potent. Wow, I can I say I thought he was he was gonna say who what I was thinking, which is it's the snake. snake. Yeah, it's the snake. That's what I thought. It was a snake. At the time, he was just a snake to me. Steve took Steve took it so much farther than yes. I could have ever imagined him taking it, and, and I'm, I, I'm I know for I'm myself, happy that he. I'm happy that he. That I'm, he did I'm that. so thrilled that you Just did that. Just such a Steve. powerful revelation. It's can not I? something that I ever would have said on a podcast. I no, hope to I me, didn't break the podcast down too low. Not at all. Not no. at all. No, no. That at, Look, Topics is, is we've said this from the very first uh, uh, show that this is, yes, we're comedians and yes, you know, things are going to happen that are funny, but if, if things get serious, that's, that's right. why we're here. Yeah. And and uh, look, I thought you were going to say snake. I think Mike is fully assumed that you were going to say you? snake. You, you said before that Houdini was a snake, and then well, I the asked, whole, and you said well, it was a, uh, you said it was your childhood. Wow. The whole let the whole letter was you talking about that the cage was too small and that you wanted to hold it differently. And but now when you put that in the in, in through the lens of a childhood, my I, God, the cage is too small. You wish I, you had held it differently. My mm -hmm. God, it's so powerful. Yeah, and I'm really happy that you. That you took it there. I didn't see it. I didn't see that going into that direction. But now that you've taken it there, I think that's uh, what I wanted to say. Is it's so it's so brave of you, Steve. Very brave. Well, I mean, now I kind of wish I had just said snake 
because it's kind of embarrassing. No, I, I'm Steve. S- Steve, the fact that you, like the snake, shed your skin in this way and are molting as we listen to you, you're emerging now from um, uh, some past pain. Yes, you're a little vulnerable. Yes, the skin is fresh and probably susceptible to the sun in a way that it won't be later. But, but the fact that you have us friends here to support mm-hmm. you, I exactly. hope that I hope that makes you feel safe. proud and safe and, and absolutely. And, and Steve, like the fact that it was awkward and uncomfortable that you said that, that shouldn't be something that would make you want to take it back and say something differently because, like, that's what Mike is saying is this show needs to be a safe place for for everyone to come on and say what's on their mind and. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. But that's okay. Yes. Well, I, I appreciate you guys being so supportive. No, and, and I look, you have my full support in this. Um, it surprised me not only that you were willing to go so deep, so fast, but that you would do it in such a public forum. And also that you would choose to share it with me and Michael, who, as I said at the beginning of this program, are not really your friends. I mean, we know each other, yes, and and I would say that we're, you know, more slightly more than acquaintances. But that you that you would choose to share it with us um, when you said you have somebody like Sam, who clearly is a friend, or somebody like Mike, who I know wants to get back in touch with you. But you would choose to do it with us. I feel very honored, and um, you know, I, now I'm carrying around a kind of special burden, and I want to carry it. I want to hold that burden, and I want to honor your lost childhood. And I and I I want um, to help you shed that skin and to and, and, and to build you a bigger cage. And I think you know we we get a lot of emails and we get a lot of uh, responses to the show on Twitter. And I think a lot of people are going to say that what you said was inappropriate or that it was created an uncomfortable moment on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of that's a lot of what we're going to hear. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to all of those people by saying that I don't agree with that, yes. that I think that I think that what you did was brave. So I mean, would I, would I have done it? No. For all of the reasons Mike just said, um, I would not have done it. Which but makes I, it so much more powerful that you would. Exactly. So much more powerful. I, I mean, we, if you think it's going to cause people to get upset, we, you can edit, edit that part out of that. I don't think they're going to get upset. It's not that they're going to get upset. I think they're just going to have a visceral reaction yes. to it. Yes. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I could be wrong too. I'm just predicting that what I'm going to hear is that it was an uncomfortable moment and my, that it was. My hope is that there's a young listener out there who's maybe going through some difficult times in his or her life who hears what you did in this podcast and feels like, Hey, if Steve can, um, basically approach you know, not total strangers, but but people who he barely has a relationship with, and expose himself in that way. Then maybe I can too. Um, and I think, and I think to let that kid know right now, there's it, it, while on the surface of it, it may seem inappropriate or it may seem like too much information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. You shouldn't look at it that way. You should be brave, like Steve is. And do what Steve did. Yes. Well, I think that to that young listener, whoever you may be, I would say to you, you will be surprised at the love and support and compassion that even um, a total stranger can show to you 
Are there going to be jerks out there? Of course. Are there going to be people who make fun of you? Of course. But don't let that dissuade you from shedding your own skin and and stepping into your truer self because that's ultimately what Topics is about. It's about finding the truth. And Steve, I want to thank you so much for sharing your truth with us today. What a powerful, powerful episode. Oh, thanks. And I, I mean, hopefully it'll open the door for the, the three of us to become better friends or, or I mean, in, in Absolutely. your case. I want that. I, I very much want that. Michael, I we, want that too. I, I, we are rapidly running out of time. Yes. I absolutely want that. Yes. And, um, and, and thank you so much, Steve, for sharing your story with us today on the show. Sure. And, uh, and, uh, what? Why don't you know? We've we've been ending uh, some of our more recent shows with a uh, a little quote, and I'd like to end uh, today's show the same with a quote by Marcel Proust. Oh, I love Proust. Who said, "Let us be grateful to people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom." And how true that is. How true. And Steve, you've made Michael and I very happy today. I feel okay. my soul. I feel my soul blossoming in a in a in a in a colorful and turgid manner. It has been, um, I think, one of our most successful episodes. I'm going to submit this one for all the awards that the industry has. Um, and as I say, I hope that it leads to a renewal, or maybe I'm going to say renewal, a renewal of our friendship, Steve. Um, right. As we take this next uh, step in our, in our journey of friendship together. And Michael, of course, my longtime friend, um, I look forward to speaking with you again next week, as I always do on topics. Me too. Hello. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Topics. Please help us get the word out about the show by writing us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you'd like to write to us a question or a comment about this episode or any episode, please do. Our email address is topicspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead.